Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. They're ferociously painting something. Are you? Every year, yeah. I always say to myself, I'll make the decorations for Eid, Ramadan, and I usually do. And every year, the day before Ramadan and the day before Eid, I'm there at the table, Naf knows, making decorations. There have been some years where it's been quite disappointing. But this year... Wait. Hey, son, and I mean... Yay, wow! Oh, what's wow. the And then the pom-pom. Salaam alaikum, everybody. Wa alaikum salam. Salaam alaikum. I'm sorry. everybody if you haven't listened to one of our episodes before this is how it works each of us brings two underrated subjects and two overrated subjects that, that we'd like to bring to the table and um hash out and debate and leave for our listeners to unpack we're all ready to go okay so who's going first Nafal? right so my first overrated and i'm sorry guys but i know i sound like an absolute bore and i sound like i just sit on my prayer mat all day and read quran but my overrated is, given that Ramadan is imminent. I know what she's going to say. TikTok. TikTok. Because the last thing you need for your Ramadan, which is already looking very, very different for many of us, is another app which is going to drain your time. Do not kid yourself. And I understand we're in a global pandemic and everyone needs lighthearted, funny content. But this is not it for Ramadan, guys. And I totally understand I sound like a boring fart because I also saw a tweet this morning that says people who refuse to down tick people who refuse to download TikTok think they have a PhD in maturity. <laughs> links very nicely into my next overrated. So it's very short and sweet. If you are contemplating downloading TikTok, please don't because Ramadan is coming and it is just going to drain your time unless and I'm not saying Instagram, Twitter and all these things are any better. And I'm not for any second implying that, like I said, I'm holier than thou and do not waste any time because I waste spare time. Okay. And this is also a message to myself because TikTok does look lit and it does look like yeah, I should does. be downloading it, it and wasting does, my does. time on it. Yeah. But just don't do it. All right. Yeah. Just don't. 
and I, I agree. Say. I agree. I mean, my the other part of my mind says, oh, but I'm sure there's beneficial stuff on there as well. But there's so just so, you but know, every like, ten uh, TikToks, there might be one beneficial one. In this, I thing, think that's... it's a time waster, regardless of what context we're in. Just mm. like a lot of social media apps, yeah. you know. But even and, more so now. Yeah, Ramadan. Um, Ramadan is coming. So. So, you know, if you do want to come off social media during Ramadan, you know, you don't need to miss Amalia content. Sign up to the newsletter, yeah, where we'll be giving you directs to your inbox. So my second overrated sort of lens off that one. And if any of you follow Muslim Twitter on Amalia, you would have seen a tweet <clears throat> by at black seedlings and it says thinking out loud i've seen a lot of tweets telling people not to worry about being productive during this time as a muslim we will be asked how we spent our time there's also hadith about how free time is a blessing from an islamic perspective what should muslims be doing and i think like whenever i see sort of messages um almost like messages on how to live in the social media bubble I always question like okay what does that mean if you ground it back within our reality of being Muslims and I think when the pandemic started everyone was doing this like don't feel pressured to be productive and blah 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 and I know I felt a bit uneasy with that sentiment because I was still like yeah but it doesn't also mean that we can qualify to just sit around and graze and watch Netflix as well right and someone actually messaged me who I know and she actually said um she termed it in a better way in which she said productivity suggests producing in the way capitalism demands of us I would prefer to say that as Muslims we should be intentional with our time and so I think it is about like being intentional with your time of being thinking actually yes if for many of us we are at home more than we normally are if actually we are being left to our own devices a lot more than we normally are, we are not having to do things like travel to work or just generally travel for random things. Some of us might find we have more time on our hands. Um, some of us might not. Um, and it is, regardless of which side you sit on, it is about thinking about being intentional with your time. And I think, again, linking back to Ramadan is coming up. If we are creating bad habits, in the lead up to Ramadan we can't expect for Ramadan to just start and then this switch comes on and we're suddenly this like intentional being who is sitting on our prayer mat all day you know um and I think it's you know like it's a conversation that we should be having about actually as Muslims we do need to be intentional regardless of there being a pandemic or not and again I know I sound like a boring fart and on disclaimers here are uh, that obviously if you are like really going through it if there's mental health issues if your family there are you know all the disclaimers put them out there but on just the basic level we do need to be mindful of how we are spending our time do you know what mine is similar and it references the twitter um tweet you just mentioned but my perspective is different so i think i'm still going to talk about it I Thank know you. what you're going to say, so I won't carry on. You know what? Just because Nafisa has spoken about a topic, I'm going <laughs> to jump in with my overrated 
which is in reference, and this is, I guess, somewhat responding to what Nafisa was saying and carrying on, is in terms of the word productivity, like you said, Naf, I was going to say is we need to question the definition. Just like Google, like what is the definition of productivity? A lot of it is output centered, right? And it's an output orientated definition of what productivity is in relation to us being people of value um, in, in the context of industrial and economic value. And um, I tweeted this as well, like I was speaking about it the other day, but I was having a really low moment, I think a week ago, two weeks ago, and my friend texted me and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And um, I had literally had three days of not doing much apart from trying to just survive, if that makes sense. Like, you know, making sure I'm just there for the kids, getting through my five a day. Um, Fruit and veg. Five a day with my salah. Um, that's really good. Eat a fruit before each salah. Sorted. Anyway. Um, and I was saying to my friend, oh, I just feel really unproductive. And she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm just lying down here. I'm not doing anything. And she's like, look, you can grieve. You can be sad with Ehsan. She's like, obviously, if you're sitting there ordering bear takeaways, watching Netflix, not adding anyone that's doing that right now. For the listeners who don't know what Ehsan means, can you just tell them what it means? Ehsan is excellent. Um, and excellence is relative. For during those three days, for me, what was possible was getting up, you know, washing my face, brushing my teeth, trying to get through the day, doing my salon. That was it. On another day, excellence for me is making Ramadan decorations, listening to a halakha, reading my Quran, doing my notes, um, going back, you know, uh, thinking about having extra du'as in my salah, like really pushing the boat out. And I think what it is, is productivity on a given date is different. Like if I suddenly, you know, when there are times where I thought I'm ill, on the days that I'm ill, I'm not, I can't measure myself to the days where I'm like doing this, doing that, moving around, la la la, because all of that is also rooted in the output, the output um, related version of what productivity is. And I saw this tweet and I'm just, I saw this um, post and I'm going to read to you, um, even if you are facing mental health challenges, um, there's certain th things in your home, etc your definition of productivity still exists yeah it still exists but the boundaries of it is just have to be slightly adapted and slightly changed like me without my children in the home and we with me with my children is very different like i saw someone um they had put a tweet out and they said oh everyone should be reading a book a day and i was like i really wanted to comment and be like yeah but there's context to that but i was like you know what that tweet is just not for me it, that tweet is just not for me and me and mine or whatever it is me having a reading a book in a month or over three months is a win that might not be someone else's idea of productive in fact they might look at me and think right you're lazy but they don't know the context of my life okay yeah. so adding on to selena's point about productivity because that was also my overrated for this week um i was gonna i was gonna position it from the angle of like how much we've internalized capitalism um, and how much quarantine and self-isolation has highlighted that, especially us here in the West. Um, I obviously can't speak for the rest of the world, but here I know, and it's still like there's this like bubbling, we're all not doing enough in our, in our homes. And I know that there's been like so much content put out about people wanting to come out of this with like 
um, a language and and have their gold body and and we we see this anyway in like normal like pre-corona I suppose in the one period one unique and rare position that we're in in history it's like wow we can't even give ourselves a break now mm-hmm. um when they're where we are limited by resources and then it got me thinking about how just like the constant thing in everybody's mind is just how to make ourselves appealing 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 and like how to make achievements out of nothing and just be like more more appealing by like the the end of this inshallah if we get out of it and um i i don't know i feel kind of like resentful towards it i have felt resistant to doing things that I don't want to do many times I know Naf like we'd had a conversation about doing a master's and how like it has come across my mind several times and each time I've been reluctant to pursue it because it's not even though it's something that would add to my repertoire of like achievements and how interesting being appealing to you don't even know who you're being appealing to exactly as like at, at this time of my life I don't I would be getting a master's for absolutely no one let alone myself like I I wouldn't even be getting it for a job I wouldn't even be getting it for this future position because I don't know what I want to do really I don't have a great sense of direction Um, which I think maybe a lot of people also don't have but don't necessarily voice because that also indicates some kind of like there's a taboo around yeah Yeah. like if somebody doesn't really have direction at 26 people are going to be like oh my god like what loser what are you doing with your life and i think a a lot of um i think a lot of people use a master's and various other things that are like packaged into here you now have it as a way to plaster over like not being sure yeah and and just being like actually this is what's expected of me and this makes other people look more appealing so maybe if I yeah. get one of these for myself will be more appealing yeah. and we were saying how like actually like when you think of what a master's is if you genuinely want to do like say a master's in philosophy or whatever it is like mm-hmm. you can create your own curriculum you know yeah. like you can create your own like and I think sometimes we're scared to be left to our own devices of like having to create our own path yeah because someone hasn't formalized what that is for us yeah. and like with yeah. Shilo you know she wanted to do gardening and she's very much created her own pathway of, and she wants to do a bit of this and a bit of that and just finding finding your own pathway you know and like it doesn't have to always look packaged and I think we're told a lot of the times that in order for it to be valuable you have to pay for it yeah and it's so good at this I just want to add at that point obviously our conversation is rooted in kind of knowing what you want to what you want to do and having access to things you may not actually fully want to do but you are going to pursue anyway subhanallah you know it takes a while to cultivate what you're interested in and what you want to do with passion Mm. um um, like Nav said you know the gardening thing I've probably been doing for the last six years but really taken interest in it the last two years from community gardening and like at the moment I'm really is it into seed saving that you're I listened to um, this incredible podcast, um, BBC Sounds. It was about a young gentleman called Isaiah Seeds. Um, Oh, sorry. He is now, people reference him as Isaiah Seeds. And um, he was huge on like seed sharing. He would share his seeds globally. And like there was this woman who um, is a seed preserver and she's from Palestine. And she came to visit him to like find out more about his work and stuff. And her work is rooted in basically trying to preserve seeds that were like um, 
a very old like heirloom seeds and it's a mm. huge industry apparently like they're trying to price like a lot of older vintage seeds at like rid and it's becoming like a big business industry it's really interesting but anyway that's i digress Did he die and he passed away mm. yeah he passed away so i've just really been like looking at his work subhanallah and i think his work is like i've totally digressed but his work is a metaphor for how we should be in this world yeah. like his like she was sitting like outside the vna like just talking to this random woman but this woman that came to visit him from palestine who's also a seed saver i'm digressing but you need to hear this bit um she was randomly sitting outside the vna museum talking to like this old woman and this old woman was like telling her like her story rare, rare, rare. and then she was like oh okay i'm, I'm gonna uh, need to leave now um and then the woman was like oh hang on tell me one thing about you and she's like oh i'm a seed saver and yeah i came to the uk to meet someone and she's like, oh, I don't know much about like seeds and stuff, but I knew this one guy called Asaya Seeds and he gave me some seeds to grow. And she's like, what are the chances of that? Yeah. And it just shows, I'm really digressing, guys, but it is going on to my another underrated that I wasn't going to do, but contemplating death. And actually, can I just get my journaling book? Yeah, I was listening to the Freshly Grounded podcast and Freshly Grounded, if anyone's listening, um it's a three hour podcast their podcasts are on youtube and i didn't clock that initially like i had heard the snippet on instagram and i was like something about me just um and you know i'm gonna be honest i haven't listened to any freshly grounded podcasts i look at the snippets on like social media like and the reminders are always really um beneficial mashallah but i listened to a three hour podcast i'm freshly grounded and there's brother Ismail Beaumont and his story, um, his story, I guess, about the dean, his journey through life, um, and now his his current battle with cancer. Um, so he's been re-diagnosed and it's come back. There was loads of takeaways from, you know, what he was speaking about. And I was definitely emotional, like, through it. And it was it's such an important reminder, like, you know, if you do have time, like, think about it. But there was one of the things that he mentioned where this was when he was studying in um in Saudi um and he was studying the dean and he was just talking about like um how sometimes you know when people are religious they become quite zealous and they like proper like want to encourage you want you to do good and he was talking about a particular story and he was just like talking about how the brothers were at, at that point and obviously he was like you know I know they wanted good for me but it was just the way, you know, they were, you know, they're very zealous and stuff like that. And it just, I wrote that point down because it just caught me. And what I usually do when I'm listening to something is I'll like note down like key points and then I'll go and research something that really like draws me. And was, one was that it was about when we want to encourage others, sometimes we can come across quite zealous and, um, almost overdo it like I know definitely on this podcast and I apologize for it now I've definitely had conversations about like what productivity is and how you know you gotta go you gotta push yourself try harder blah blah and it's definitely come from a certain place and perhaps that was a reflective of my inner state and it took me to the hadith that says want for your brother or what for your sister what you want for yourself and the thing is, sometimes what we want for ourselves is rooted in shame, in shaming ourselves, in humiliating ourselves, in judging ourselves, in ridiculing ourselves, in finding fault in ourselves, in actually being too harsh with ourselves, in not having any excuses for ourselves. 
but then how is that translating and how are you channeling that when you're advising other people like are you being as harsh are you being as judgmental are you shaming them and i say this as a parent as well like the language that i use really matters with my children like am i shaming them into making like good use of their time for example not don't worry i'm not telling my kids to be like be productive how dare you play you know language really matters and i think you we really have to revisit the type of language and the way that we talk to ourselves because it has a direct impact on how we then talk to others because like i was saying perhaps some of my language was rooted in actually personal shame um and then it sounded like i was shaming other people and off the back of that productivity um tweet by black seedling there was a lot of different um references to that tweet it even made um it even made it into one of my whatsapp groups and people were like questioning it and then this is where the the conversation around productivity kind of happened as well for me <coughs> sorry but yeah really be mindful of how you're channeling that advice you might want good for someone you might want them to be better you might recognize that actually they they need to really i don't know fix up their life but there's also a way in, of doing it like it's not about shouting at me and telling me i need to lose weight i i know that but is that the best way but you may be someone who wants to, to shame yourself to ridicule yourself but that's not how we do, deliver advice as muslims either to one another so during this time where we're all administrating advice i think it's really important we revisit how we do it to ourselves um and it's definitely something that i've been proper mindful of of recently and yeah this there was this quote that totally kind of sums up what i'm trying to say but feeling the need to be busy all the time is a trauma response and a fear-based distraction from what you are forced to acknowledge and feel if you slow down and I feel like that really um, kind of covers our conversation around productivity and what I'm trying to say now in terms of like, if you're shaming yourself, it'll come out in your language to others as well. Um, if you're loving yourself, if you're really rooting for yourself, that will also come out in your language to others as well. Um, and you might not even realize it, but there will definitely be a tone in the way that you're delivering kind of the thing. So yeah, just- I mean, when I'm lying around at mum's house, she can leave me alone. Why would I say? <laughs> Oh, um, so, Sarah, your second one. My second one, is, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but I just feel like we've all had the same overrated this week. My, we've all lived the same life in literally, Um I was just going to like um, shout down house party <laughs> and money eyes as bad <gasps> uses of... Yeah, sorry. Okay, that one I put in there for a little bit of controversy because... No, sorry. Remember when you... But sorry, monetized is really... No, no, sorry. Can I just rewind to a few weeks ago where you regretted your, under, your overrated being the savings thing? <laughs> I would reflect on that have a moment i'll give you a moment and retract your statement you know that they heist. released a documentary on netflix about how banging money heist is from the money heist people i feel it's like so good. anyways before i just create an army of haters um i was gonna at least house party you agree i just think um that the trivia questions are so bad yeah i've I'm never been on it 
I have had more fun playing uh, what are the capital cities of the world with my but Sarah, this is the thing. People are bored. <laughs> people are just like, oh, I've got all this time. No, there's no excuse. House party no, is so but... terrible. They, their, their trivia is so terrible. Plus, they recycle the same questions every other go. Wait. It, like, oh, it's yeah, so this bad. is over it, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, yeah, this might over it. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> so... My underrated is the fact that, inshallah, we will have Ramadan during the pandemic and in the lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like almost mourning the fact that Ramadan is not going to be like usual mm. with the Tarawih, with, you know, who knows what the situation will be for Eid Mubarak and all of that so you know, this is so funny <laughs> some of us we're used to being out of the house iftar party here sorry we link up there mosque copping there you know and lockdown none of that is happening but you know i think we need to start a ramadan with a bit of oh my god i sound like such a grandma on today's podcast but i don't care <laughs> um again letters to myself all right but it's having a shift in perspective of like being grateful that ramadan is in a lockdown like in a time where there is so much going on so much that we're absorbing so much mental turmoil so much as communities grieving so many deaths so many just you know not a great time to have something that is a blessing like Ramadan come um during such a time is is a huge blessing and it should be that you know we are blessed to have Ramadan in such a unprecedented yeah. moment yeah. um and yeah I think what some of we asked the Mali community um, yesterday, like, what are you going to miss during Ramadan and what are you looking forward to? And it was quite nice that um, a lot of people said they're actually looking forward to having introspection time with themselves yeah. <coughs> um, and like having that alone time that they might not have because they were like always here, there, and everywhere. And I think, you know, even some of us might be looking might have been looking forward to like if there are parties and things like that but you know just recentering ourselves of actually with if there are parties it was aimed at bringing people together and you can still bring people together even if it's not physical and I think um we can we can still find goodness this is such a boring underrated no I like it it's it's not boring <laughs> it's it's not boring what was it again that we've got Ramadan in lockdown. I feel sorry for all the women that are going to have to work even more overtime, overtime this Ramadan than other Ramadans because they've got people at home for longer periods. I was thinking about like a couple of the things that I'm going to miss and then like trying to like find what the positive is in that as well. Obviously Ramadan for me as a mum has changed over the years there and I feel like I'm kind of open to this Ramadan because over the years the things that I've always associated with Ramadan were diminishing like being able to do the the, uh, the voluntary work like on the scale that I used to do it like in the Muslim charity sector that went once I had kids then you know suddenly tarawees were taken away from me um and you know when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So like going to the mosque is freaking, all of those things became quite difficult once she became a mother. And a lot of the mums that I know, like our Ramadans aren't around the mosque. Our Ramadans weren't really around like communal gatherings, etc. Just trying to survive it with the kids was oh Ramadan's actually without fasting as well so I feel like the last few years have prepared me to have a Ramadan like we're gonna have inshallah and you know I found so much comfort in knowing that the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him he didn't pray a single tarawih in the mosque there was not a single tarawih he played in the mosque and it just I think it just made me realize or prompted me to think about what should Ramadan really be you know, the introspection, like you said, like it is a time for us to radically transform our lives. And that actually, that's that, what I just said came from um, a halakha that I listened to yesterday um, by the Conscious X Youth Group. She basically say, transform your life this Ramadan. And that's what it really is for. Like, if you want to be selfish and, you know, even Ramadan's gone by where there have been iftar invites, blah, blah. There have been many times where I've declined. Because literally, it's too tight. I've got kids. It's too much. The odd one here and there, I have gone. But, um, yeah, I think this Ramadan, we, it is an opportunity for us to take it back to what it really is meant to be, inshallah. Um, on that note, happy Ramadan, everybody. Ramadan, Ramadan Um, my underrated is personal to me, and this is what I like doing. <laughs> so last Saturday, I did, was it last Saturday or Saturday before? I forget. Um, I did the Amalia Nights in art class with Lakshmi. Yeah. And I really, why is your face like that, Shalu? Is that her underrated? The listeners, Shalu <laughs> gave me a very, very dirty look at the moment. And I didn't really know what to expect, um, but I was familiar with Lakshmi's work. And I flipping loved the class. And I have found doodling, the disclaimer I give before I say this is I'm someone who just does things in phases. And then once I'm done, that's, that's part, that's finished. And so my phase at the moment is um, doodling and drawing. And it is so amazing mm-hmm. at um, firstly reducing your screen time. And <gasps> oh my god, they're so nice! These are not doodles; these are artworks. I love that black page. Oh my god, where well, I'm mad inspired. I'm right more now. of a fan on your um, ink. Just, yeah, these ones. Can you send me a WhatsApp picture? Oh, wow, yeah. they're so nice, Naf. Um, yeah, and I've just like. 
literally over the weekend. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I've just like literally over the weekend just been like doodling away and drawing and watercoloring and things oh, I like, like that. that one. I've seen like um um someone who does artwork like that on. Do you know which one? Yeah, I'm on, about? Pin- on Yeah, Pinterest. it's so nice. Uh, I tried my own version. Oh, it looks lovely. And the thing is, like, I think the bigger thing here is, like, I remember when I first joined Lakshmi's class, she starts off with a warm-up where you've just got to, like, just make marks on a page. You, like, basically, like, different shapes and stuff. Like, a bit like that. Yeah. Um, And I remember at first, like, I'm looking at her and being like, okay, I'll just copy what she's doing. And then I'm like, no this is like you're you're allowed to do what you want to do yeah and I think it's like a really good exercise because with like something like this so what I'm showing for the listeners is just like a whole page of like rows and rows and rows of like little doodles and you've just there's no planning involved obviously and you've just got to like make your mark and then what I find myself doing is like say like I'll I'll create a row of three little things and then I have to like in the next one I have to remind myself like it doesn't have to be three of the same things or they don't have to be uniform you know like they can be literally whatever you want it to be and so yeah I underrated is just doodling and drawing I've like really really enjoyed it during this time and it's been a really really good filler of time when you just like don't just want to sit and watch something but you want to you know I, I did my cover as well it's so lovely um so yeah I would and if you really really are stuck I would literally go onto google and type in um let me just type in type in doodling patterns and get some inspiration like you'll see in the images section there's so many different doodles Um, that you can use for inspiration and just one more plug I did get this for free um, hashtag gifted but this pen is incredible and honestly it's so good it's a Tombow pen and it's like a it's a Japanese um, brush pen and it's like one of those pens where like if I just show you so you can literally go from thin to thick (gasps) it's got like a elasticness to the nib amazing and it's like for coloring as well it's really good um and i definitely think so therapeutic what do you do that though yeah yeah and i definitely think the sort of pen that you use has a huge impact on how much you want it like you need to find the right pen for you so i would really recommend the tombow pen um and it is in a tombow yeah and it's brush pen and it's really good and then the other pen that I use as well is the mono twin Tombow pen which is 0.8 millimeters and then 0.4 millimeters on the other side so it's like double-sided I have to say the uni ball pens (laughs) and then the Posca but a very fine oh you got a Posca pen I've got Poscas Posca pens are fantastic as well. They're like liquid chalk. We use them to decorate stones. Oh my god, wow. Very good. Do you know what? I might as well dive in. Yeah, because that was my un- the underrated. Yeah. Because we live similar lives. It's fine. But again, my angle is always different. Yeah, my angle's a bit different. 
So before we do that, before I say mine, I'll just, I want to show you my one line drawing. Lovely. Oh my God. Wow, Shilu. Wow. That dove is very good. The I like the face. The, wow, Shilu. Look at you. But anyways, and then obviously me being an idiot. Yeah. Me being the idiot that I am. You know, when I, this quarantine stuff happened, I was like, Here's my to-do list. Oh, Rosetta Stone's free. Gonna learn Japanese. Mate, no, no one's gonna learn Japanese with two kids working from home and all sorts. It's not happening. Why did you but, choose Japanese? What were you planning to do out of curiosity? I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. But there's something in that about productivity and silly goals. But anyway, I might not be able to learn to read and write Japanese, but you know what I can do? Oh, I love it. Very nice. So that's like real Japanese writing that I have written. Look at it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to show you. So I can't, I may not be able to learn, but I can't write Japanese because I like doodling. So I've been doing that. And I got the, I literally picked up this book from the Chinese supermarket like a couple of weeks ago. It is the Chinese supermarket. And um, obviously, I don't know what the book's about, but I've just been sitting there and just copying like all the random letters in it. And then obviously, bear, oh, oh, oh. when I what I'm doing now, when I listen to lectures, I'm doodling. She looks going to become those live lecture translators. You know when they like, employ yeah. artists. <laughs> you know Abdul Hakim Murad. Yeah. You know the one that he did. This is my re reflections from his one. Oh, actually, that's a really nice idea. That maybe that's like a counterpart to Quran. Are you the only thing that is I lecture wrote journaling? Down. This is lecture. So this is my lecture journal from Abdul Hakim. You know, watch a lot of lectures, mashallah. Yeah. And this one it says, and the only thing I wrote down is what does God mean? Like, oh. and it was in context of what does all this mean about God and what? And then what there's is like flowers everywhere. I do listen to a lot of lectures, to be honest, and I'm really trying to um, things that I can do, like listen to lectures and the kids around, as long as it's obviously appropriate. It'll probably be internalized much more. It probably has an yeah. effect on it. And they always ask me about things. And you know, yesterday we were doing our glad mansad. So we do a family glad mansad. And before bedtime, we sat down, had a little bit of honey tea, um, some oranges, some hula hoops. And then we were talking about our glad mansad. And I was saying that, oh, I'm sad that all these people are dying. Mm. Um, and then for kids, you have to give context. I'm like, oh, but I'm, ha I'm sad. And they're like, but why are you sad? They're going to Jannah. Like, you know, with kids, they're like, but they get to go to Jannah already. And I'm mm. like, they do, but I'm just sad for the families that feel sad that they're not going to yeah. see that person. And we were talking about how we would feel like if one of us passed away. It's mad. And then they were just you didn't like, oh. use me as an example. No, we just use each other. And um, I was just like, oh, you know, if I passed away, and I was like, Aisha was just, she already has a to-do list for me for Jannah. She's like, oh, if you go to Jannah before us, then can you, I was like, no, this isn't where I want the conversation to go. Um, <laughs> Cute. And there I am, like, trying to get deep about Jannah with my kids, yeah, and Issa's, like, going to have more hula hoop. <laughs> yeah, so uh, well, all I wanted to say in um, response to Lakshmi, Lakshmi Hussain's art class, or this Lakshmi on Instagram, um, after, the after the Zoom um, art class, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed, and Aisha did it with me, and Issa did a little bit as well. You probably saw them bobbing around. Can't do, all my calls now have my children I, they're not even on Instagram or anything but now everyone knows them because they're always in my Zoom calls um, 
and after the lesson she put on her stories that she did an online class with 30 artists and I was like oh did she and I was like oh she went the one that she did with us and she called me an artist and then it just took me back and I was talking to Aisha and I was just like babes you know and I was talking I have an internal dialogue with myself and then I spoke to Aisha about it you know when you were little and you were told and I, we still tell each other this as well you can be anything you want to mm. you define what that is mm. you define mm. it so I am an artist yeah look at me I am an artist I am a gardener I am a this I am a mom um yeah you can deny you a mom <laughs> you can be anything that you want to and I think you define the parameters of that and I'm really impressed must I add given Nafisa's comments at the beginning of the podcast show um, that I've actually abided by the regulations and rules of overrated and underrated and not just done oh this is just a comment but um, my other underrated was a thought that came to me whilst I embarked on cooking the dinner last night. Um, I made lamb chops um, that had arrived from the local Muslim shop, the Turkish shop. We did an order. Big up to the Muslim shops, the Turkish shops in the ends. Yay, big up. Allow your local supermarket, although I have been shopping at Tesco recently. Um, because there are slots available at Tesco. But anyway, I do digress. Um, I was cooking the dinner yesterday, and then I thought to myself, oh, whilst I'm cooking the dinner, I'm going to listen to a lecture, watch something, this, that. And then I just stopped, and I was like, just cook the dinner. You don't need to listen any to anything. You just focus on making sure this is the yummiest dinner. And... I think we have fallen in su into such a space, or I have fallen, and I do think it's a bad habit, of constantly multitasking. Mm. Like, when I came on to record this podcast, I said to myself, oh, I'll just make a couple of um, crochet pom-poms while I'm doing it. But I'm not actually, it might be something that is my, I'm mindlessly doing, but my attention is somewhere else. Even if I'm doodling, drawing, making this my attention is still somewhere else my energy is going somewhere else i'm not fully here i'm not fully focusing um so i wanted to um reference actually a article from the productive muslim that breaks this down really really well and it asked did the uh, prophet muhammad peace be upon him multitask um oh, oh, wow. yeah yeah really good question and you know the prophet uh, muhammad peace be upon him honestly people think that we're just a halakha <laughs> on this week's all right you know alhamdulillah <laughs> we put out some good reminders and <laughs> help us see for ourselves and our families Amen. and any goodness in this podcast spread like wildfire and any may any not goodness not go anywhere man was gifted the revelation like man was busy yeah Mashallah. They basically busy. <laughs> busy. He was a busy man, and um, the the article actually goes through the Sira and they go research examples, um, and what they do say we couldn't find a single piece of evidence that suggests the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him actually multitasked. Wow. And they said, could be opened and it could be wrong in their interpretation but they went through the era 
and he always seemed to fully concentrate on the project or person at hand and gave them full attention. You know, when he was uh, doing Salah, he fully focused on Salah. I would like to think we all do, and we're not listening to a podcast while switching a Salah or whatever it is. But I think one thing in terms of this time is, you know, if you are struggling to, um, if you are struggling, I think one thing you can start with is just being fully present in everything and every if you're making a cup of tea just make the damn tea you don't need to listen to a podcast i'm fully talking to myself mm-hmm. um yeah and just i think you just produce better work and you're just more present and you know there's example of how none of his wives would complain about not having enough time for him um right and I that was testament of the fact that he was fully present he was fully mm-hmm. there he wouldn't be thinking about you know sometimes like we're on our phones thinking of the next moment thinking of the next thing that we're going to do and I hope if any goodness comes from this quarantine time is that we're more present and we're more in the moment and we actually give our friends family the due the respect that they need and we're not busy like talking to them or they're talking to us and we're also on our phones or we're also occupied with something else you know it's fine obviously like sometimes if my friends are around if they when they used to come around in the olden days um to my house (laughs) And I'd be cooking and they'd be talking to me. That's different. Like I'm making, I'm preparing a meal for them. Yeah. But perhaps I wouldn't have to do that if it was more organized and I was focused on the moment and all of that. Um, I like sitting with people when they're cooking. I do as well. Uh, my first underrated is how we talk about uh, the decline of business um, as it's mainly West, Western centric, basically, uh, my friend forwarded me this article from The Economist and um, the title of it is um, An Unprecedented Plunge in Oil Demand Will Turn the Industry Upside Down. Now, it's not what you think it is. I think they're at like, uh, it's like a, one of those like uh, bittersweet kind of realizations. Uh, the death of the oil industry is something that's been like coming for a long time, um, especially as everything um, goes digital etc and with the climate crisis putting pressure on um, the industry as well it's taken a bit of a hit but what um, has happened with this pandemic is it's accelerated that death and um, a lot of other businesses have gone as well and I think that when we talk about the pros and cons of this pandemic on businesses we are talking about them mainly in the context of the west and we're completely forgetting that there's a whole other world that exists on industries that depend solely on relationships so like no one's saying that they want the oil industry to stick around and perhaps you know perhaps there are um industry leaders um in the oil industry that were trying to make their way out what this whole process has done though is accelerated it beyond their capabilities and what that's done is like made jobs uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs completely like vulnerable and insecure and they've actually got no way of like saving their business and um uh this trickles right down into like um what key worker jobs are in places like the middle east right now we've been afflicted and have crippling health care like um structures and yeah so my underrated was basically how we are talking about um business in the context of the pandemic um and the spotlight that we give to the what i think the economist quoted as the rich man's disease over what people are suffering with in other parts of the world that rely solely on relationships for for income the oil um example you gave is also similar to um fast fashion 
because yeah. like a lot of the news has been about um the ethics of which a lot of these fashion companies have stopped their manufacturing yeah. abroad um with all these factories and how they're just like left suppliers yeah. like sort of in yeah. the lurch which mm. means that um factory workers employees also aren't making money aren't getting like you know furloughed or a package or anything like that and even like in tourism like mm. I went on holiday last July mm. and um the guy that it was like in a resort and the guy that um was like um looking after us and like helping us and things like that um he like messaged and he was like how are you doing and he was from Bangladesh yeah and he's worked at that resort for 16 years and he's now been sent home <gasps> and you know someone like him he's like you know the primary um earner in his family mm-hmm. you know like he not only for his family but for like his his extended family yeah. and for people like him to just you know after 16 years just be sent home um yeah. and it's it's you know it's also not clear on what terms right and also like the reality is a a lot of these places probably won't be able to it'll take them a long time Mm -hmm. you know to to recover like there was an article which was about how travel won't be back to normal till 2023 you know and it's not just like oh we come out of lockdown and And go on holiday yeah yeah, exactly yeah i think you're right like that just goes to show how delusional we are here like yeah that was very yeah, good one, Sarah. Thank you. Um, my second underrated is we've been doing this thing um, at Amalia. Uh, uh, we've been meeting up on Zoom every uh, three times a week. And before we have a meeting or catch up about our day, um, we do a little bit of Quran reading. And I think I've never engaged so much with the Quran, which is really like saddening to say. Um, Alhamdulillah. But I, I know that a lot of people do struggle with uh, engaging with the Quran on a daily basis. And um, if you are feeling guilty about it, um, there is an easy way to approach integrating Quran into your life and I think we've hacked it I've got through so much of the Quran just doing six minutes every day that is not a um unachievable or uh chore like um weight on my shoulders whenever I think about meeting up with you guys and doing like Quran Mm. I think like when you first mentioned it I was like oh okay are we gonna do like the translation of it as well and make it into like this whole hour-long thing and then you were like no babe five minutes yeah we did our five minute silent reading it goes like that and I get through like a good portion of whatever sort I'm on and um, I enjoy it as well it just doesn't feel like um, and Al-Dabla, like I don't mean to say that the Quran is a burden or anything like that I think what unfortunately what's happened as a byproduct of our lifestyles is that feeling like you have to do or achieve or show up for something that some of the associations of doing that for other things have trickled down into um, how we approach our religious lifestyle so um, if you are one of those people that um, has been feeling guilty about it uh, six minutes every day you get through loads of the Quran and um, that is it's super achievable especially if you start it a little bit before Ramadan as well you can kind of loop it back you're still reading during during Ramadan so yeah that is my underrated thanks for that Sarah um I wanted to 
based on what you just said I just yeah. remembered that um last week I actually tweeted and I wrote and I got like loads of replies I got um 31 replies um and what I tweeted was saying how do you try and make it so that religious acts don't feel like a chore yeah. just being honest and this was more like religious like extra acts mm. you know like like you said like sitting with the Quran or like you know take it like actually portioning time out for um worship yeah. and um there's loads of responses if anyone's interested head to my twitter to read them but some of them were really interesting and i'm just trying to find one that someone also whatsapp me which i was so fascinated about the creativity of it pretend to be um, a kid i read something like pretend to be a kid yeah it was so so <laughs> fascinating i was just like people are so creative guys i have another i have i have another shout out to make go on have you guys watched the platform on netflix no oh my good. god it's so good it's a spanish film it's about it's this um it's really it's not it's not scary, but it's really uncomfortable to watch at times. Um, a little bit. I don't like discomforting things. Yeah, it is really discomforting, but um, it's really stuck with me. And I don't want to give the whole game away, but it's basically uh, like a, a huge metaphor disguised in this like contest um, type situation in in this part of time and the world in this film, which is insane. <laughs> right? oh, I need you to start from the beginning of the plot. I literally, <laughs> I'm so bad at explaining this. Sorry. Okay, basically, there's this there's this Spanish film. So everyone in there is Spanish, and they're in this Spanish tower block, and there is this Spanish table of food that goes in between the floors. Yeah. Right. There are people in there, Spanish people, who have either been admitted into there because they've committed a crime or they've volunteered themselves into this place right and what happens is they all stay on each level of this tower block for a matter of months like one month i think I don't like it, it yeah it's like so uncomfortable yeah it is jahannam listen what happens is at the very top of the tower and there's like 330 floors at the top of the tower you have a every single day a big banquet of food that is like beautiful and like like it's just like a feast basically and then you have about you only have a set amount of time to eat from it. So I think you only have like five or 10 minutes, something short, and you have to eat whatever you can from it, right? And as it goes down, you have like the less and less people, or less and less food for people to eat. Like, Is so it a movie or a series? It's a movie, it's a movie. It's on Netflix. Anyway, so it's like a huge metaphor and blah, blah, blah. And it's really, like it. really good. Okay, that's everything for this week. Uh, make sure you guys hit up our playlist and check out all our previous episodes. Make sure you head to amalia.com slash support and show us some love on there. And Naf, you said... Remember to review us on whatever app you listen to the podcast, please, because it does help us and it does help us get seen by more people and more listens. And, and if you're a business organisation, whoever you are, man, come and sponsor the podcast. Coffee, coffee, coffee. All right, so later. See you later. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.